Welcome to Spark. Today we're joined by Virginia Brewster, who's a licensed professional counsellor and lives in Maine. Virginia loves to talk to people about learning to trust and how to feel safe and learn to be safe for others. This podcast gives us some really practical tools for how we can develop trusted connections with God and others. So glad you've joined us. Virginia Brewster, thanks for being with us today. Heather Thomas, thanks for having me. I'm excited to see you, see your face. Wish it was in person. I know, me too. And actually, since it's a podcast, the only thing that people hear is our voices, but it's good that we can see each other. Oh, that's true. It's not one of those video podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I, we've been talking about security and developing security and thinking Mm -hmm. about the attachment science and how that Mm -hmm. speaks to our own sense of security in relation to God and to others Mm. um and that as we think about security there's practices that we can develop that will help us to become secure which allows us to be loved and to love more deeply um which is a really beautiful thing yeah that makes me feel really happy to be a part of that because I'm on board with that (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe you could tell us a little I know um being on board with that that's something that you do in your life is to help people or want to help people to develop like more secure attachments so that they can experience like love and safety maybe you could just give like a a tiny little intro of that for us and then um well I'll ask you a few questions about how we can go about those practices for ourselves in our everyday lives oh for sure so uh I am a counselor I'm a licensed professional counselor uh right now practicing in Maine so right by Canada like right up in the right up in the corner up here um I work right now with kind of a general population a lot of kids so obviously when you're working with kids you think a lot about attachment because kids kind of of course kids are individual but they're really impacted by their families and by their parents and kind of have they had other parents before, you know, are they in a traditional parenting situation? Kids are just really impacted by their families. So think a lot about attachment there. Um, I also have worked a lot with people with criminal behavior. And as you can imagine, people with criminal behavior uh, often cause great damage to their relationships and usually have had great damage in relationships in the past. So um love talking to those folks about maybe how you can learn to trust again you know how to feel safe how to make other people feel safe yeah those kinds of things and I love having this conversation because the thing that's really hopeful is that there are things that we can do yeah develop deeper senses of security and in so doing um get greater intimacy, connection, and love, both with God and others. And that just feels really hopeful to me um, because we're not trapped in a certain place or a certain experience. Um, We can move out of that into deeper and deeper security. Yeah, dude, I like that you use the word trapped, like, because I think it can feel almost like, it can almost feel like you're an animal in a cage with bad relationships like there's just something about it that you just feel like I'm all alone it can feel really panicky it can feel really primal 
just like this fear of others, fear of God and trapped is just the good word. <laughs> Not a good feeling, but Not a good feeling. No, but it's a it's a really great word. It's a really evocative mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're talking about like attachment and security, like you kind of want those really good pictures because mm-hmm. sometimes you're just like, oh, I've heard the word attachment like 50 times in a row and like what does that mean? So when you we have these images like trapped, like that's just a really mm-hmm that's like a really great thing to hold on to, to be like, oh yeah, I've seen, I've been to the zoo. I've seen like Mm -hmm. the animal pacing back and forth. And sometimes bad relationships make me feel like that. Mm -hmm. Or good relationships (laughs) that maybe I think are bad in that moment. (laughs) That's a good clarifier. Right. You can feel trapped by all sorts of things. I love too that you use the word relationship because I do think that the word attachment can sometimes feel so um, logical or cognitive or unrelated. So right. secure relationship or um, sometimes resonates a little bit more. Secure, I have, feel a sense of security or I know I have security in relationships with God yeah. or in relationship with others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big question then, Virginia, is how do we go about developing stable, loving, secure attachments with God and others? Um, Yeah, how do we go about that? Well, I think that another word I've been thinking a lot about is trust. And so um, I think to develop a secure relationship, you've got to have some trust. And the way that we develop that trust in another person is primarily experience, I'd say. So think about being, and I know you've already had people on talking about attachment, sort of think about being the little baby you're learning to trust your mom. You don't learn to trust her after one cry and she comes and responds or she doesn't respond and it's just like done, you know, like it's a cumulative thing. Like it's, is does she respond or does somebody else respond another carer another parent respond to you most of the time that's sort of the baseline sciency um sciency i don't know <laughs> love <laughs> um when we think of babies and their mothers we think about science <laughs> no just kind of like um <laughs> um no, but like that is the, that's the experience. That's the experience that you have. And so we all go throughout life, um, having experiences with people and experiences with God or experiences that we attribute to God. God may have nothing to do with it. You know, you could have gone to some super abusive church and they tell you all sorts of things about God that are totally not true. Um, and totally, I think even anti-God, um, And so that, but that becomes a part of your experience, right? And so is that an experience that takes you toward God or away from God? So I think it's really like summing it up. It's really kind of about what is our experience of God um, or our experience of other people when we think about developing relationships, you're looking for patterns, like our brains are looking for patterns and we're looking to see like, what is this person about or what is this? heavenly entity about like, and, and what do they consistently do and what can we consistently count on them for? So I'd say that's kind of, that's kind of to sum up like how we develop as one person relating to 
one other person or relating to God. It's just kind of like, what's our experience been um, for us to feel secure? So like, for example, if you have an abusive boss, but sometimes they're really great, you know, and you come into work every day and like some mornings they're like, Hey, I'm sipping my coffee. Hey, Joe. Hey, Bill. Like, you know, like, isn't life great. And then the other morning you come in and they're just like, F and this, F and that, like they're throwing the coffee cup, you know, and you have no idea of like, you've done the same thing. You're coming in and you're doing the same thing. So your experience of them is totally inconsistent. And so you start to think like, oh yeah, my experience of that person is basically erratic and there's no way to know what they're going to do. Um, so I can't really trust them for anything, you know? And then you think about like, oh, maybe the person who has like the the grumpy old boss who just, you sort of come in and they're like, you know, every day, but they're not abusive, but you can kind of like trust they're going to be sort of like grumpy, but then maybe you have a really great boss and you come in and you have great conversations and sometimes it might get hard, but you know, you can work through stuff and like, what, what can you trust that person for, you know, or any relationship, but again, it's building on that experience. Well, and that makes sense sense because if there's trust there or if somebody is consistent or somebody responds um, with affection or with spaciousness or with presence or calmness or even is angry but then is able to apologize later. Right. Like there's a sense of, okay, that there's a connection here that is secure. Yeah. That's basically what you're saying. Oh, this is this is how I understand that this is secure because of these cumulative experiences that happen that give me evidence of that security. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have like a secure attachment that is not a particularly close attachment. Like I think about sometimes people are maybe fairly securely attached to like maybe a teacher Um, maybe they come in every day and they know what they can trust that teacher for. It feels very safe. It feels very consistent, but at the end of the day, they aren't thinking like this teacher is somebody I'm going to go home with and, you know, have dinner with, but they know what to trust the person for. So it's not even about like developing like the closest relationship on earth. It's more like, yeah, what is this? What can I trust this person for? What are the boundaries here? And so uh, sometimes I think about that, like with people who really struggle with trusting other people, like I would talk about this a lot, like with the people with criminal behaviors, because they're sort of like, I'm starting baseline here, because I've been in a gang. And, you know, I trusted all these people, and I really could trust them in some ways, but also I don't want to have to go murder people, you know, so they're really building from scratch. So, you know, we'd talk a lot about like, okay, well, what can you trust your parole officer for? Like, what can you trust the guy at the grocery store for? Like, what can you trust the, um, you know, the dog walker at the park you see every day for you know, like, what do you, what are some things that you see that are consistent and how do you develop predictability in relationships? Ooh, that is a really helpful practice. Mm. Like that, you know, his baseline, that is a really helpful practice for the everyday. Mm. That it's just starting out with Aware, this awareness okay what I'm going to be aware of myself I'm going to be aware of the other and I'm going to like just figure out what I can trust 
these specific people for in these specific circumstances. It's not that I need to trust my whole self over. Right. I'm learning here what this could look like. And I'm doing it in a very specific way with a very specific person looking for this kind of outcome. And that in itself can build that sense or just begin to build that sense of security in me. Yeah, right. And then maybe maybe you're going along zippity doodah for like six months and like things are building and that's really great. And then the person at the you know, grocery store who's been giving you your deli sandwich for six months and they've been smiling at you. Maybe they snap at you that day and you're sort of like, what is, what was that? You know, like that really throws me off and that's okay. And that's part of the process, you know? So you realize like, okay, maybe I can't trust that person to smile at me every day. Maybe I can trust that person to smile at me most days you know, and so you kind of like, you have to integrate in those actual experiences. It's not just that you are blindly trusting this person for this thing. It's that you're trying to notice patterns, right? You're trying to say like, okay, what, what is this interaction about? What can I expect? There'll be some outliers, of course, but just kind of, kind of noticing trends. Well, and it's interesting too, because when you talked about showing up in like a church or religious space that maybe has told us things about God. Mm. Like the thing about our relationship with God is that this is an intangible reality. God is an intangible reality. Right. And then how we interact with that intangible reality is either based on like what we've been told about who God is or like our church experience. And so then like writing over God, our church experience, or it could be a number of different things. It could be healthy. It could be good. So I think there's a, there's a sense where these kinds of practices make a lot are really practical in relation to other humans. Like we can go to the grocery store and, or we can have a probation officer if we have one, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm calling mine right after this. Cool. <laughs> But then the question is, how do we go about discovering what that means for God? It feels like we would need some kind of tangible, practical things. But how do we even go about discovering how we actually think about God? You know? Yeah, I mean, well, clearly the answer will be different for everyone. This is why it's a practice, right? So this is not prescriptive. This is a practice like for you to think about for each individual person. I mean, I think about like, just kind of going to the basics, like, how did you learn who God was? You know, how do you, like, maybe we can actually set this up as a practice. So for people who are listening, Mm -hmm. maybe you can grab a journal, grab a piece of paper and like write these questions down Yeah, as a way of just self-discovery. So this is really helpful, Virginia. So maybe you can just yeah, like let people settle into, okay, here's some self-reflective questions you can ask yourself so that you can begin to discover what you actually think about God. Yeah. I think about these things could be, like you said, like as a practice to settle into, like this could be a really good one to do on a walk. This could be a really good one to do in a journal. Um, You could even ask a few people if you have a hard time thinking about this for yourself or if you really like gain a lot of um a lot of benefit from talking stuff out with other people if you're more extroverted like that um 
I was just thinking about labyrinths too and how great those are. Maybe if you got a labyrinth around you, you could do that. So yeah, so what really comes up for me is like when you think about God, what people do you think about? Um, or is there a type of person that you think about? Like who in your life does God remind you of? You know, some people are going to have like really obvious answers like, oh, there's a pastor and, you know, maybe he was a little gruff or maybe he was really gentle. You know, maybe you had a parent who you really associate with God, um, grandparent. So, or maybe you had a fire and brimstone <laughs> neighbor, you know, um, next door. And that's the person, you know, he sort of got like this first idea about, um, about who God was. So when we think about like how we're relating to God, it's just helpful to think about like, really, how do you picture God? I had a roommate in college who did a, an actual project on the, like just different faces of God in different, um, different artistic portrayals. And so, you know, there were lots of people of color or women and this really like, you know, in this wonderful nineties color printer, um, I can just see it. Like, so there was like this woman who was God and, you know, an African person who was God or a Hmong person who was God and like all these different portrayals of Christ. So that can be like a really powerful thing. Like, have you actually, do you actually see someone in your mind's eye who reminds you of God? Is that a person who does like, do you see God as your own race? Do you see God as your own gender? Do you see God as sort of like non-gender sort of amorphous? Um, do you, do you think of God differently in different contexts? So maybe, you know, maybe in the area of spirituality, you like tend to picture God as like really judgy and sort of, um, or really rigid. Um, and then maybe you have some other areas like grief where you actually find God to be really comforting. So you can like have different visions of God in different areas. I'd say, um, you can relate to God in different areas differently. And then I was just thinking another question for the journal or for the walk would be, um, like, does God seem approachable? So as you're thinking about um, what does God look like, is that an approachable person or being to you? Is that, do you feel like that's somebody you can go and talk to? Do you feel like that's somebody you can go to and talk to about anything? Or are there certain things you feel like you have to hold back? You're just kind of like that idea of being approachable. Um, and then also just kind of from the context of this could be cultural, this could be family, but who taught you about God and what do you remember them teaching you? What do you remember that process like? Um, I feel like that's an area where I lucked out in a lot because um, I had, uh, my mom would teach us Bible stories uh, every morning at breakfast. And uh, I just remember feeling like literally no question was off limits. And that is, uh, that is a gift I am profoundly grateful for because I really didn't feel like 
I could, like, it wasn't safe to question things. I felt like it was very safe to question things. And so, uh, but not everyone had that experience. And in fact, a lot of people had the opposite experience. Um, and so if you, so you're kind of wanting to think like, what was that context like for me? How did I learn about God? Um, most people will have learned about God from multiple people. So, you know, maybe there's the Sunday school teacher, maybe there's the grandmother, maybe there's the dad, you know, so just like, who are those people and what do they teach you about God? Well, and I think the reason that this practice is really important is because if we don't stop to consider what it is that we think about God, um, mm. we won't actually necessarily consider how it is that we're coming to God. Like yeah. we won't know if we're coming to God with a sense of anxiousness or if we're trying to avoid God because we assume that like that boss and maybe be a bit grumpy today. So let me just like stay out of God's way. But if we don't ever take the time to um, just become aware of what it is that we believe about God, um, we don't have maybe even the intention towards building security yeah well what what I would sum up what you were just saying is really that's really self-awareness right so you're so if you're like in conflict with anyone with in relationship you know you always kind of want to be like okay what's my stuff and what's your stuff you know like this feels like maybe uh this feels like maybe it's my stuff you know uh, and maybe some of it is God's stuff, by the way, you know, like there, we live in a world where bad stuff happens, you know, I'm okay with sometimes being like, yeah, that's, that's God's stuff. Like he has really like allowed that, you know, and theologically we could explain that out. I'm going to assume there's a context for that, but you know, that's God's stuff. Like he can own that. He can take that because it's true. Um, but my reaction to it or my thoughts about it or my feelings about it, that's probably my stuff. So really that's what I think about like that self-awareness, which is just great for any relationship to just be like, oh, this is a really triggering thought for me because it reminds me of this other thing. Um, that's that kind of self-awareness piece. And I think sometimes we assume that we shouldn't have that self-awareness piece with God. Like there are these truths about God and therefore, because those things are true about God, I should just be able to connect with God because God is this and this and this. But that's not how we exist as humans because our experiences right. and our brains actually have formed in us or even as we carry in our bodies. Is it, it just doesn't work like that where we tell ourselves that we should feel secure in relationship with God. And then, oh yeah, we totally are. So the work of self-awareness is so essential because it allows us to create a deeper connection either with others or with God. But if we don't even do that work, we can't force ourselves into this security is what I'm trying to say. So I'm getting really excited and I'm trying not to cut you off because I just thought of another phrase that I love um, from counseling, um, which is radical acceptance, which is basically like this concept that like, whatever you're thinking or feeling is real. So you accept it. And that does not mean that you're going to stay in it forever. That just means that like, I'm going to get honest with myself and I'm going to get honest with God 
that this is what's really going on right now. You know, that I feel like I can't talk to you about this God. And I just accept that for right now. That is what is really happening right now. And it's not really a judgment call on what you're um, feeling or thinking. In fact, that's kind of the point. The radical acceptance is about not trying to change what you're feeling before you even process it, right? So you are understanding that feeling and that's where the name comes from, radical acceptance, like that you're going to just wholly and fully accept what you're feeling. Um, that can be really scary because I think sometimes people think like, oh, if I acknowledge that I have this feeling, I'm gonna be stuck in it forever. But the, the research kind of indicates the opposite, that once you can identify a feeling, it has a lot less power or a thought, you know, an emotionally evocative thought. Once you can identify these, those things and sort of say them out loud to yourself that, that you can accept them. That's where I'm at right now. Maybe I need to grow beyond that. You know, mm -hmm. maybe I need to talk to somebody about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think that concept is a really great one. Well, and I think it applies to the questions that you mm -hmm. just asked. Like, yeah. if we go into these questions, telling ourselves that we should have particular kinds of answers, um, it may not be that we're able to develop that security because we're not giving ourselves space for that radical acceptance. Like, oh, I believe yeah. that God is cruel or I believe that God is um, distant. Yeah. And if we can't, it's like, oh, I don't know that I want to stay in that belief, but I have to be able to know that that is the belief I have in order Absolutely. to be able to um, experience God more fully. If the invitation is from God to experience God more fully in naming these things and that radical um, acceptance allows us then to potentially experience God in new ways in more full ways, but we can't even get to the more full ways unless we can actually identify where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I will say this because you and I are both very uh, introspective, intellectual. I don't want people who are hearing this and are maybe like, what are they talking about to be like, oh, this is the only way that's possible to change if I pull out my journal and I have these really wonderful enlightened moments like god can change anyone at any time you know like like that growth and that healing can occur in many ways but for um you know i had this professor in grad school who'd be like you guys all love this stuff because you're all navel gazers <laughs> he's like you guys can't stop thinking about yourselves um and i was like touche norm touche <laughs> Um, but, uh, but so I just want to give people some hope if maybe they're sort of like, I totally want a relationship with God. These practices are not resonating with me. That is just like, that's not at all what we're saying. I hope you, I hope anyone can glean something from this. Mm -hmm. Um, but change is possible with God through a variety of ways. I truly think that, um, for me and for the people who tend to come to, counseling um most people are are ready to do that sort of thinking and work and um so of course i think this stuff is very helpful i just wanted to put in that little plug that if if you're feeling like i, I don't want to do this like guess what guy can still work with you <laughs> <laughs> so true um that is true 
what you just said is so true not everyone is norm is right not everyone wants to be like the navel gazer and has these introspective questions or wants to go on a walk but does desire more security in their relationship with god or others um, and may not even be able to identify how their perceptions of god play into how their behaviors so what would you say for those who do do that i think those are really good practices and then you bring that notion of God to other people, or you bring that notion of God to God, or you look um, for resources and understanding who God is to be able to shift that paradigm. But for those, that's not, that's not the thing. <laughs> that is not <laughs> a practice that resonates. What would you say, uh, like, would be some other practices that people could try on? Well, it's, Again, it's exactly that word, took the words right out of my mouth. So if we're trying to develop experiences, we kind of want to try on some new behaviors, right? So there's some approach, like I want to think my way out of this problem. And there's also a psychological approach where it's like, I want to behave my way out of this program. I just want to fake it till I make it, right? That kind of thing. Sometimes with people who are uh, content to intellectualize things or for people who just are not interested at all, uh, sometimes in counseling, we try um, a concept where you sort of just try on a new behavior. You can do that for a really short amount of time. You could do it for as little as five minutes, kind of depending on what the behavior is, right? But um, you could do that for a season. Essentially, what you want to do is just try to break some habits and try to give yourself some new experiences. It goes back to what we were talking about before, right? So it's a little tricky because I don't know everyone out there in podcast land. I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, I don't know if you're struggling with trusting God in like area of parenting or sexuality or uh, jobs, career stuff, um, where to be located. Like there's a, there's a lot there, but what if you could just sort of take the night off of not trusting God about that and just say like for tonight, just for tonight, I trust God in this and just keep reminding yourself of that. Like when you start to worry, when you start to wander off to say, no, I, I trust you, God in this area. I don't fully understand what that means, but I trust you. Um, and then the rest of the day, you cannot trust him. <laughs> you know, you can give yourself permission. Okay, I'm not going to trust God uh, in this area right now. And that kind of, it's kind of like an echo of radical acceptance. You know, when we were talking before about sometimes you just accept what you feel um, and you're, but you want to move on. So this is a way you can kind of try that. You know, maybe you can try it for 15 minutes one night. And then if that doesn't kill you, you move on and do like 30 minutes the next night, you know, so it's about building like little, little experiences with God to kind of develop that trust. Like what we were saying before with the grocery store person, you're, you're developing like a pattern of like, can I trust God with this? Well, and I, but I do think that trust is such a big word. It is. Like, you know, it's, a like saying, okay, I'm going to trust God for 15 minutes. Like the notion of the, the word, it's kind of like the word love or the word like right. hope. 
And you're like, wait, what? What exactly is trust? What exactly is love? What exactly is hope? So yeah. even saying like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust God for 15 minutes, like that action that's um I think what you're saying about trying on some new behaviors is really resonant. So then it's trying on relation trying on new behaviors in relationship to God in order to build trust. Yeah. So then maybe we can talk more about, okay, that's the intention of trying on new behaviors is to build trust. So sure. before we go to, okay, I'm just going to trust you wholesale God. <laughs> and then just like saying that for 15 minutes over and over. And you're like, I have no idea what on earth I'm saying <laughs> to you, God, you know, I, I don't even know. Yeah. So, so I think it like, okay, maybe it's the new behaviors connected to trust are like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable or honest with God, like for 15 minutes, like I'm going to write down, I'm struggling to believe that you care about my life. Or <laughs> that's another, yeah. like, I'm struggling to believe that you are with me in my job situation. Or, right. I don't know if I believe that you are good. Like right. just writing that down, like that's, and just having that moment for five minutes or, you know, Nate, maybe another behavior that's connected to trust related to God. I think about like being silly or being playful sometimes. Yeah. Um, for me, when I'm silly and playful in relation to another person, it's because I trust them. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be silly or playful in front of you. If I think you're going to be, um, like, give me the side eyes about it. Right. <laughs> Oh, you know, I remember this really wonderful moment. I don't know how I was in this headspace at the time, but I was 15 and I was going down this water slide and it was like in the mountains and it was beautiful and it was so fun. And I just remember like thinking like, like I was like screaming and I was going down this water slide. I totally remember thinking like God is with me. I don't know. I don't know where that was coming from in that moment, but I just remember it as this like really sweet experience. And so, yeah, that's just what came up for me when you were saying that was just like, so maybe for some time, if somebody's really enjoying something or being really silly, they could just stop and pause and be like, oh, I think God's into this. I yeah, think just an invitation of connection with God in that okay. silliness or playfulness. Yeah. 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 Or I'm going to turn on music and have a dance party around my kitchen and like, and I'm going to totally try on believing that God's with me in that kind of a space, you know? And some people, I can just like see the eye rolls and some people like right now as they're hearing that again, if that's not for you, it's not for you. Or maybe it is for you. Maybe that's a behavior you need to try on dance parties are awesome but um but yeah so I think yeah just kind of silliness or or maybe you want to write a short story or maybe you want to get out some paints some art be creative you know draw something or paint something that feels you know just start to think about like what do I think about God and just start to paint it out oh, I love and that whatever comes to you well, and we've talked too about um, sometimes if we feel like we, we're obligated to do, 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 like right. 
Yeah. How is it that we say, oh, I'm going to say no to this church activity, or I'm going to say no to this duty or this obligation, or I'm going to, um, and that might create anxiety. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, that relates back to like what we're talking about as a practice of trying on. So like maybe, maybe you're totally a person who's just like, I get a lot of my spiritual identity from being at every church activity or from mentoring all these people or, um, you know, planning the bake sale for Ukraine, which of course we need those things. Like I'm not, not dissing any one of those things they are really good things. Um, but it may be that you have developed an identity around God where you're like, that's the only way I can relate to God. And guess what? You're exhausted and you're just doing too many of the things. So maybe for those people, the practice is not, I'm going to spend 15 minutes dancing around my kitchen. Maybe the practice of trying on a new behavior is just, I'm actually going to have to let somebody else step up to planning this activity or to mentoring this person or to hosting this event. Like I need to step away from things like that for a minute and just see where my spiritual identity is away from that. Um, and that's the behavior I'm going to try on. So I think it's really good um, to talk about these and to encourage self-reflection in this or just even exploration and experimentation that it doesn't have to be done perfectly. And we might need different practices at different times that we're going to need to risk um, in trust in different ways at different times, because our relationship with God isn't stagnant and we may feel that we have a really secure relationship with God. Um, and maybe you could talk a little bit about that too. Oh yeah. I mean, this is such a no brainer for me because I'm a counselor. So people don't tend to come to counselors when everything is going really good. Right. So people tend to come to counselors when their marriage is on the rocks or when a pandemic just hit and your whole world flipped around in like the span of a week or when, you know, somebody dies. So that's when people tend to come to counselors. And so you see that people have these experiences that rock the boat. And so I think when those things happen, the challenge is that it's not really a challenge because in those spaces, like if you're grieving, you're just grieving, right? It's not, you don't need to like then take up the challenge of like, and how am I relating to God right now? It just will affect your relationship to God. Um, there's something happens in your world again, the pandemic and suddenly you're at home and your relationships have totally changed with your roommate or spouse or your kid or whoever you're living with, or you're single and now you're alone 24 seven, right? That is going to impact your relationship with God because you're going to be asking questions of God in that time. Like, what does this say about who you are, God? Like you are allowing me to experience this. Did you create this? Am I you know, did I do something bad? You're going to be asking those questions. Um, and those questions will be different for everyone, depending on the situation. Things will impact you in your life. They will impact your relationships. There's no homeostasis here. You know, um, life changes. That's what life is. And so your relationship to God will change. It will morph. I know that for sure. 
Um, and I don't know what that will look like in my life. You know, it could look totally different than what I think. Um, but the important thing to remember in those times for me, again, not prescriptive for anyone else, is that God does not change. Like he is there and he is ready for me to have a relationship with him. Like he, we have a relationship. He is ready for me to come to him at any time with any of my thoughts and feelings and emotions. And, um, and my thoughts and feelings and emotions are the things that will change. But I don't believe that God changes. I believe he's responsive to us, but I don't believe God changes. And so it's just kind of like riding out that relationship with him um, and knowing that it's going to look different at different times. And that's okay. And it's expected. And he's still for you. Hmm. And that's what the security tells us. Yeah. Yeah, that's what understanding that we are secure, like that's what that security will tell us. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And I just really want to encourage people to like, it's easy as like two women who do feel pretty secure right now talking about it, like we're, we're getting to like this really soft space. And I just want to encourage anyone out there. If you're not in that place right now, like that is okay. And there's no judgment and there's no rush. Like this isn't something that you have to figure out within a certain timeline. Um, it's just, he's just there for you. He's just there for you. Thank you so much for joining us and helping us to have an imagination or maybe even a new sense of curiosity or just one idea to try on. Um, you know, it feels like we can walk away with many of those things from this conversation with you. And I just feel deep gratitude. Oh, thank I love you so much, Heather Thomas. <laughs> I'm honored. It's mutual. All right. I hope throughout today's conversation that you found some practical tools that you could implement into your everyday life for de developing secure relationships, both with God and others. I hope that perhaps you found just one practical thing that you could do, maybe even this week, that would help you grow in a deeper sense of trust and connection with God or another human. Thanks again for joining us and we'll look forward to our next conversation.